0: Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman.
1: This is Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host. Our program format today is a little different than in past weeks. This is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Over 300,000 people will be diagnosed with breast cancer this year. Many of them will be employed full time. And the diagnosis brings into question, what happens next? Can I work enough to keep my medical benefits? What will happen to the career I have worked so hard to build? Today, we are going to be talking about the impact of a diagnosis of cancer and how those who are surrounding that person can help them, support them in both their career and in their personal lives. Our guests today are Alicia Perez and Tina Hannon. And we're going to start by asking Alicia a few questions. First of all, Alicia, thank you for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you, Lorraine. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much.
1: So, Alicia, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your career before? before you were diagnosed with cancer?
2: Yes, I worked for the Antioch uh, Unified School District as an educator uh, in the second grade uh, elementary school uh, for about uh, almost 20 20 years or so, a little bit more than that, uh, before I was diagnosed with breast cancer.
1: And Alicia and I had a little chance to talk. Actually, teaching was your second career, but the career, the, the career, the one that you really, really loved.
2: Yes, that is true. I did work for a bank division uh, for about 11, uh, 10 years, and then I decided I wanted to switch careers, something that it would always been in my heart to do. Five kids later, I decided to go back, finish my education, get my BA and my master's, and continue teaching uh, start teaching for the Amiel Unified School District. I was an instructional aide for English as a second language for about 11 years. And then in my sixth year, I decided to go back uh, to get my credentials so I could t- teach in a regular classroom. Okay,
1: so you, here you are in a career that you loved. I mean, you made a lot of sacrifices to get there, family, financial, and then you're diagnosed with cancer. How did that impact your career?
2: It uh, was a very devastating uh, decision that I had to make. Uh, first of all, when I was diagnosed in 2006, uh, I was working as a second grade teacher at uh, Mission Elementary in Antioch. Uh, loved it, enjoyed working with, with the children. Uh, it was my passion to teach. And uh, in August of 2006, I received this devastating news that I had um uh, 2A breast cancer and it had metastasized already uh, to under my uh, lymph nodes in my uh, under my arm. And so I had this vision that I was going to continue working uh, while going through the uh, chemotherapy that was going to be required, the radiation treatments. And I opted to have a lumpectomy to my left breast. And that's where the cancer was. So in October, I had the surgery, and in November, I began the uh, uh, chemotherapy treatments. And unfortunately, the chemotherapy was devastating to my body chemistry. uh, I was so compromised, severely weak, uh, couldn't keep anything down. And so I had to take a leave of absence from my position as an educator. Very devastating to me.
1: Talk a little bit how it felt to to tell your colleagues and maybe your principal that you had cancer because I think that that's a hard thing to to do.
2: It was a difficult decision. I spoke to my principal first, and then we actually brought it up at a meeting with the teachers uh, that I could not continue to work. Uh, the thing about uh, being an educator is that you have your principal has to list a substitute for you while you are gone, and the substitute would have been somebody that would have to stay there until I decided to come back. So the issue wasn't a simple issue to take care of. This was an issue of finding someone. But it was brought up in a meeting, and I felt nothing but compassion and love from the teachers and actually having people coming up to me and saying, uh, teachers coming up to me and saying, whatever we can do to help you, let us know. And I took them up on that offer. You cannot be shy. You you have to make that decision. Oh, I could do this alone. No, it cannot be done alone. You need that support. And by the way, Lorraine, if I may, I, I need to say thank you so much to my family for being so supportive during that time. For my wonderful sister-in-law nurses who came and gave me injections at home during the process. I just needed to put that in.
1: So I think you said something very <laughs> important. Ask. For help this is yes. not something you can do alone uh, you shared that bes- besides the warm loving support of your fellow teachers which is obviously very important they also went the extra mile for you can you tell us a little bit about that
2: yes our um our uh, district ha- union has a program called sharing uh days uh, in which we support each other by donating days sick days to those colleagues who don't have enough to continue, so they don't lose their medical insurance or they don't lose their positions, in in their work positions. And so I wrote a letter to the district asking, please. I, I have, I had quite a few sick days. Thank goodness, but not enough to last me for the end of the school year. In December, I got, I got seriously sick with pneumonia. Ended up two weeks in the hospital. So I knew my chances of going back we're not going to have. So I did put in a request for please if anybody was willing to uh, uh, give me at least 30 days. That's all I needed left to finish the school year. And Lorraine, it was wonderful. 30 days was given to me by teachers to last the whole the rest of the school year so I could finish my treatments and recuperate.
1: And I think that's something that um, all of us can think about, you know, if we're working for an employer, both as someone who might need to use the benefit or share the benefit is to ask, ask through human resources department, do they have a a way that you can share ours? And, and if not, you know, that just takes a few minutes to say, gee, could we start that program? Absolutely. Um, it's a great way to um, show support. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about um, Relay for Life, because Tina's going to share a a lot about that program with us. But you shared with me that you were a volunteer for Relay for Life before you were ever diagnosed with cancer. You want to share that story?
2: Yes, about uh, in 2005, I decided to volunteer because my church asked us to join. And I'm saying, oh, okay, I'll just walk around for a few hours and just go, I had no idea. No idea, no clue what it was all about. As a matter of fact, Lorraine, I didn't know that this Relay for Life was actually a fundraiser for American Cancer Society. But anyway, I just walked and walked. And as I was walking, I was talking to people and realizing this is more than just a fundraising uh, venue. This is, this is really serious fundraising for the American Cancer Society. And lo and behold, it became personal the year after when I
1: I think that's a story that's so true for, for so many people. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people who are facing a diagnosis of any kind of cancer um, in, in terms of, if you look back, maybe things that you're glad you did or things that you would have done differently.
2: I am often asked um, questions about the breast when I have a, about breast cancer I have done talks by the way to organizations about my personal uh, history but when I get asked about um, who do I turn to what do I do and I said you know the biggest thing you could do is have an advocate sit next to you when you get your diagnosis whether it be your husband whether it be an in-law a friend have someone sit with you and write notes for you because when you're sitting there your mind is so overwhelmed and concerned with that horrible word called cancer. Mm -hmm. And so that my advice is always have somebody sit next to you who can write uh, for you all this information that you need to know. And if you can, there's a number you can call through the, and, and, and Tina will talk about this number later. There's a phone number you can call to ask about what you've just been diagnosed with, who do I talk to, what can I do, what can my work do for me, all of these questions that you should not be afraid to ask because it is in the end run your journey, your journey that you need to walk through with the support and the guidance of those who are able to help you.
1: I think you've shared some really valuable information with our listeners. I just want to recap, and if I'm wrong, um, please correct me. But one is as soon as you think there's a possibility that you're going to be dealing with a diagnosis is to get an advocate, a friend, a family member, somebody to go with you. Don't go through this alone. Um, You mentioned about asking for help. And I think one of the things that you didn't talk about, but really exemplified, is you took care of your career. I mean, in terms of you knew how valuable you were in the classroom. You had the responsibility of, of young, you know, second graders, and you really put them first. You, you know, in terms of balancing your career, you knew that was that was your commitment to you know education, and you were going to make sure that you fulfilled responsibilities of your career. Maybe you weren't in the classroom, but you were going to make sure that those things went on. And I believe that you got a chance to return back to the classroom, didn't you?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, in 2007, September of 2007, I was able to return to the classroom. Uh, I worked in the classroom till 2009 when I retired, finally retired. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the journey was, uh, it left me a uh, my body, uh, very compromised, yeah. so I would be uh, severely exhausted at times, but I enjoyed my, my final years. My children were wonderful. My teachers, co-workers were wonderful uh, and understood it was time for me to say goodbye, <laughs> yeah. and, and the age time was just about right. Anyway, so.
1: Well, and there is a time to, to change <laughs> careers. I mean, you, you had transitioned from yes. one career to another, and now I have a feeling, based on our conversation, you're pretty much full time volunteer.
2: I am very much.
1: <laughs> so so. Even though you're not paid, you're still um, in in a professional pos- position. So yeah. let's um, let's talk a little bit to Tina, who is our other guest today. Um, And we're going to talk a lot about her volunteer work with um, Relay for Life. But first, Tina, share a little bit about your career, because, you know, even Alicia has moved into that full-time volunteer. You are still not, uh, you're still employed in a career. So tell us about your career.
3: Yeah, so I currently work for Liberty Mutual Insurance and I help people protect what they value most. And in this time of the year, it means a lot of helping my customers through the realities of wildfires. So it's, it's a lot going on, um, but I'm really happy to work with my customers and I really want to be the person that they call if they need anything. Um, and just in any type of scenario or something Unfortunate happens, I want them to know that they have the coverage that they need and they don't have to stress out about that. They can deal with all the other um, realities and have somebody like me to call.
1: And I should share that Tina and I both live in California. So for us, the wildfires right now, well, actually through all of um, the Western United States, wildfires are a big, big issue for us. Um, So tell me how you got um, interested in Relay for Life.
3: Well, it all started with my sister. So my sister had been volunteering locally and she invited me out to an event and said, hey, it's in the middle of summer. So come out once the sun goes down. And I'm like, what is this event? And she told me, oh, it's 24 hours. So come anytime. And I'm thinking, (laughs) it's crazy. Um, And so I went out to one of the ceremonies. Um, Relay for Life has three ceremonies. And the first one is celebrating survivors. And the second ceremony is honoring those that we've lost to this horrible disease. And the third one is vowing to fight back and find the cure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I came into the ceremony where um, we were honoring those that we had lost. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: there's just this overwhelming sense of community. There's this overwhelming sense of love and support and just energy around really understanding that cancer doesn't discriminate. And it affects so many people, so many loved ones. Um, And... I tell you i hadn't cried that much in so long just seeing that like the beauty and the community of it um and we had just recently lost my grandpa so it was obviously very very personal um and from that point i kind of like went into this emotional shutdown of you know i didn't do anything with really for you know two or three years after that um and then i was you know in my job now and i was looking for some different ways to volunteer and be out in the community and Um, I found that there was a local Relay for Life in Brentwood where I worked and I started reaching out and attending events and um, I just really fell in love with the spirit around finding a cure and making sure that we're fighting for all the cancers, not just the major ones, not just the pink ones, not just um, the ones that we hear a little bit more about. So um, I just became really passionate about that and um, every year I kind of got asked, oh, do you want to do this? And then it was like growing within the um, volunteer work of that. So (laughs) here I am five years later.
1: (laughs) And I should say that that's how I got introduced to Relay for Life. Somebody needed me to walk a track at the local high school, like between two and three in the morning. And I thought, well, that's great. You know, it's cool. Um, Kind of fun. And I, too, just showed up and was totally um, overwhelmed with the emotion of what was going on in, in that area. So... Um, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dig a little deeper into Relay for Life, um, how that can become part of your corporate career experience. And so um, stay, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute, and we'll continue our conversation with Tina and Alicia. Take care.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career Transition Specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success career restart practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss available at amazon.com click the link on the career central show page to pick up your copy today
0: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interview That's Lorraine at interview2work.com. Now back to Career Central.
1: Welcome back. We've been talking with Alicia and Tina about how cancer can affect a career, how people that are around an individual that is dealing with cancer can be supportive. And we have moved on to starting to talk about a organization that both of these ladies support and that's Relay for Life. So we're going to put Tina on the spot and ask her to give us a great overview of Relay for Life, um, how it runs, and where the money goes.
3: Thank you, Lorraine. Um, So Relay for Life is the fundraising arm of the American Cancer Society. So all of the money that we fundraise goes to American Cancer Society. And what I love about um, American Cancer Society and Relay for Life is that it does support all cancers. So they're out there making sure that the funds go to people in underserved communities to provide resources. It makes sure that we are spreading awareness. Um, So most recently, like the HPV vaccinations, um, letting people know when the ideal age is um, to go ahead and get that vaccination because it is a prevention tool that we just hadn't had even a number of years ago. Um, So mostly it is the really for life efforts are around fundraising, spreading awareness, um, making sure that we um, come together and really have a sense of community. <coughs> help support those that are battling cancer. Um, What I really like about um, being here in California with Relay for Life is that um, in just 2018 alone, there was 59.2 million that actually came back in research funds and grants to California researchers. And to have that money come back into our own community and be able to um, meet some of the different researchers that are working on some really groundbreaking And amazing cancer treatments and cures and different um, different possible outcomes um, to give people more hope. I think that that's pretty amazing. Um, What I do like about Relay for Life as well is that the money goes towards a lot of resources. So we want to make sure that we're helping those people that are currently (laughs) battling, as well as making sure that fewer people have to go through that fight with the prevention and awareness resources. So. One of the things that um, Relay for Life helps support is rides to and from treatment. And we've had um, a little bit of a slowdown with COVID um, around those resources, but um, we look to be back up and running as soon as it's safe to do that. Um, but in 2018 in California, there were 6,000 rides that were provided for free to get people to and from their life-saving cancer treatments. Um, and many of the people that signed up to be volunteer drivers They formed such a close bond with um, the people that were going through their patients um, that they wanted to take them to every single appointment and they just became fast friends. And um, they also, a lot of the fundraising efforts also make sure that if Californians have to go and spend time away from home, that we can get them free nights at local lodges or hotels to make sure that they can afford to go and get those treatments and they don't have to take on that financial cost. Um, One of my, favorite, favorite, favorite resources is that um, we have a 1-800 number. So it's 1-800-ACS-2345. And it's a 24-7 hotline that you can call in and just ask questions. So if you had a recent diagnosis and you just want to understand a little bit more or you need resources, they work to find your resources in your local community. And it's totally customized. It's totally (coughs) about And Some of the most compassionate people that you'll ever meet are answering those phones and making sure any time of day or night, you know, if you can't sleep following a diagnosis, there's going to be somebody there for you to call. Um, And we're really also excited, too. We know a lot of people don't like picking up the phone. Um, So during certain parts of the day, you can actually go on um, cancer.org and you can chat online with somebody um, and have that same kind of experience as you would get on the phone, but do it without having to pick up the phone. So I think yeah. one of the things that
1: we've been talking about is how people can support others. And if there's not somebody in your office, there's not somebody in, in your neighborhood relay for life is just a great way to do it. We were um, talking about how many of us volunteer for the middle of the night um, walk. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Tina and I live in very hot areas. And so you're thinking, why are they walking in the middle of the night? Because it's a very popular time to be out walking. Um, <laughs> But let's give them an entire overview of what Relay for Life is like, how long it lasts and, and everything. Um, I don't know. Alicia, do you want to um, pick that up and talk about the whole, from the minute you arrive, the, the experience?
2: Yes, uh, the opening ceremony does start with the survivor walk uh, where we walk around, our survivors walk around, and uh, a very emotional time. Uh, we walk around and we commence the, the beginning of the day with the, with our walk with our banners and then we also give a chance for all teams to create their banners and they walk around as well with their banners and i may not have it in order Tina, but that's mostly oh, what got we do at the beginning and the walks after that the walks proceed all day long <clears throat> there are some people who will walk it almost all day but for the most part, teams take turns, they tag each other, and they'll, they'll walk. <laughs> then in the early evening, what we have, we call the, uh, uh-oh, Tina, help me out. The Luminaria. Uh, the Luminaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do is we create these wonderful bags with pictures of survivors in honor of or in memory of someone who has passed away. We place them around wherever we're walking. We, we usually walk around a high school or a college track, I'm sorry. And um, we place lights inside of them and we walk. And as we're walking, either we have a bagpiper or we have beautiful music playing while we're walking around. And it is very emotional because we have started something, Tina, and correct me if I'm wrong, we started something a few years ago where survivors walk one way and the caretakers walk another way. And the caretakers put a survivor sash uh, over the survivors. So emotional. I cried. I mean, my family uh, took up half the track because I have such a lot. <laughs> but we hugged, and, and it was just a wonderful feeling. And then after that, uh, we have, I think, one more, Tina. I'm not sure right after that. What, which one is that?
3: After the okay. luminaria, we usually bring the energy back up. There you go. Get yes. people excited to stay up all night <laughs> and yes. stay out um, walking the track with us. It's a, it's a rah-rah
2: walk <laughs> where we come back because it is so emotional and it does affect some people. We don't want the morning to continue, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. We want it to come back to the liveliness of walking together. And so we have our rah-rah walk around the track where we do uh, we do that before the evening settles down
1: I want to add a little bit from my experience and you tell me if this is true um, unlike some events this is a flat track and you walk at your own pace so it really is um, a very accessible event flat walk at, yes. your, at your own rate so
2: that is that great. is true that is so true and um, because we choose a college track it is a, a football field but there is a, a track uh, right around it, uh, it is not that difficult to walk it, uh, especially for us senior citizens <laughs> who like to walk that track. And the one thing that we do have, and I know Tina can probably explain more, we have a uh, because you said, Lorraine, we we walk in June. It's quite warm. Yeah, we have a building that's air conditioned for our survivors to go in. Settle down and relax and enjoy so that they don't get overwhelmed with the heat. So we have that available as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I know that my first experience, somebody recruited me for their team, as in I know you like to walk in the middle of the night, so show up. Um, but I know it's a little bit more organized. Tina, um, why don't you share about your experience? Because you actually formed a corporate team. How did, tell us how you did that.
3: Yeah, so you can actually go to RelayForLife.org and find an event in your area, and so when I was searching around, I just started Googling and seeing what different events were in our area, Um, and so when I started, I signed up my office, which was the Liberty Mutual Leaders, and we did our first year. Um, We actually signed up like three weeks before the event, which is crazy in retrospect because really the preparations go for a full year um, ahead of any of these events. Um, But we went out and we brought all of our coworkers, kids, everybody, family and friends. And we just had this massive um, group and we came out and you set up a little pop-up tent and you have a little home for your team and you can kind of have that spot to relax, recharge, sit in the shade. and what I really loved about coming together um, with the corporate team was a lot of us see our coworkers in the office, you know, in our business attire or what, whatnot. And it was really nice to see people outside of the office really caring and spending time with their families and really embracing this fight um, that all of us have been impacted by. So when we started sharing the stories, we were just so touched that, um, There were so many people that were out there fighting and so many of us are having this going on at home and we have to like drop that at the door when we get to work and um, we may not have those conversations with our coworkers. So it was really beautiful just to have that openness to talk to each other and really kind of create that understanding of like, this is, this is what they have going on and, you know, the life outside of these walls. So I'm sorry.
2: no, no, and to, and, to, and to add to that, we had uh, in, in previous years uh, one corporate company that was not able to do the walk, but they were still our fundraisers, and they always uh, did fundraising at their own uh, business. Uh, mm-hmm. They did their own little mini uh, walk around at their business, raised the funds, and turned it into our uh, Relay for Life. So if your corporation cannot be there physically, you can still do a mini relay in your own uh, corporate uh, company and uh, donate to your local uh, relay for life. So we don't ever say no. We continue to accept one way or another how you are going to proceed to uh, raise funds for, for relay.
1: And Tina, I want to follow up on something you said is that it opened the door to conversations that suddenly, you know, coworkers were able to, you know, share what, maybe what they were dealing with at home, you know, uh, you know, an experience that they had. Do you want to dig a little bit? I know how enthusiastic you are. So how did you get people to first even consider the idea of being on a team before it became this wonderful experience?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to make it an experience that everybody could feel that they could join in on. Um, so I had mentioned it at like one of our meetings and kind of got like, oh yeah, okay. Um, and what I really found worked really well is approaching people Mm one-on-one and saying, you know, what, what is your experience with cancer? What is, you know, who has been impacted in your life? And we actually did this really beautiful luncheon. Um, I remember it was one October when we were talking about breast cancer awareness month and, um, I passed out pink hearts and I put them on everybody's desk And I said, if you've been impacted, you know, somebody in your life has been impacted, write their name on the heart and we're going to stick it on the wall in the conference room. And then we're going to all have lunch and we're going to talk about it. Um, And it was beautiful. Like the way that people, you know, some of the hearts had one big name and some of them were just all over that heart. They had different names. Um, And we actually learned that one of our coworkers was a survivor herself. And that was not something that we had known. Um, and again, like, you know, I always tell people like share what you feel comfortable with. So some people don't want to talk about it, but some people would really love that supportive network being within their office. So I think that really just giving people the opportunity to share what they want to share and giving them that outlet to do so. And I think that kind of putting the the invitation out there for people to come and bring their families. I feel like one thing that people don't know about Relay for Life is, number one, it's not a run. You don't have to run at all. It is a walk. It is a 24-hour walk, but you don't have to walk the whole 24 hours. Just come and go as you please. Um, And it is a free event. So even though we're a fundraiser, it's free. It's family-friendly. We usually have music going on for the entire 24 hours and really just – enjoy having the community embrace us and I think because awareness is such a big part of what we do you know we have a kid zone we have different areas where the kids are going to learn a little bit um about you know what we're talking about and so I really think that in the office space it was kind of setting that safe haven that people could come and talk about it and just starting the conversation I think kind of like Alicia mentioned you just have to ask and reach out and Again, let people know that there's no cost to attend. Like you can come out. It's free. If you are compelled to donate, we'll love it. But we would love just to have that community support as well, too. It takes all of those things coming together to do what we do. Now, Alicia, I
1: know you have a little different approach to forming teams. So uh, you, you worked with the teachers' union, right?
2: I worked with the teachers' union uh, at that time, and I asked permission to speak at one of their meetings. Uh, and approached the president and he was very very open to it So I went to and, and I know I was a union member anyway so I went to one of their meetings and I was able to talk to the teachers and um, After the meeting w- was finished. I, I told it, I asked the teachers if they had any concerns uh, If they wanted to pe- speak to me personally, I would stay around and wait and, and actually I had quite a few come up were also cancer survivors and wanted to do something and we were able and we were able to get uh, a team uh, from there Um, and as well I also spoke to various um, I was able to speak to various organizations I went to speak to a um, it's called um, it's it's a place where um, cancer patients go and receive uh, (laughs) chemotherapy <laughs> radiation treatment center and I went there and I spoke to the, the to the workers there and I did what Tina did we put little signs up there myself and the president at that time of, uh, our, our lead at that time and we were able to talk to them and ask the same thing if um, if you want to would you like us to stay and we can speak to you personally and we did do that, and we had that team sign up, and they've been with us ever since, um, as part of it. I won't name who it is, but um, Jamie is one of our <laughs> people. Yeah, but that—that's my approach: uh, to not be afraid and go and speak. Uh, I've never been afraid to speak, but some people—some <laughs> people have that little bit of shyness. Go for it, because you know all they could say is, "No, we don't want to this year," but. If you don't try, you won't know. So, it works.
1: What I'm really touched by is, in this process, you gave permission for people to tell their stories. Yes. And so often in in the workplace, like Tina said, we we separate it, and yet it's so much a part of our lives and so much a part of our thoughts that that your willingness to talk, to share, and to open dialogue. And to really engage families in this in this whole process, I mean, I just think that that's wonderful. I cannot imagine a company that would not want to give their employees space to be open um, and integrate what's going on in their in their personal life in, into their work life. We're going to take another short break, then we're going to come back and continue to t- talk to Alicia and Tina, and I'm going to ask them to share some of their stories of what happens during Relay for Life and then any other advice they have for us. So stay, s- hang around. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
4: Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career Transition Specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book. Career Restart practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview the number two work.com. Now, back to Career Central.
1: Welcome back to our conversation with Tina and Alicia. Before the break, we were talking um, a lot about how they had set up teams and all that. One of the things that I realized is that the opportunity to talk about being on a team and the way they handled it with people sharing – let us let people talk about cancer. And Alicia and I were sharing that there was a time when you never shared your cancer diagnosis with your boss. And some people are still hesitant because they think it will affect their career. Um, And so I'm going to go back to Alicia and she's talked about how her principal responded, but I'd like you to talk just a little bit more about that conversation. So people understand that you can go to your boss and explain things. So Alicia,
2: you want to share a little bit more? Sure. Um, there are people who are quite uh, uh, quiet about their personal health. Uh, I am the opposite. <laughs> I, I like to share because I know others want to know what to do and, and, and how to react. So I went to my principal and by the way she was also diagnosed with breast cancer the next year. So I uh, So I went to my principal and she was just wonderful. We sat Quietly, and we talked and I told her I wanted to bring it up to the staff and um, she was all for it uh, we held our meeting and I brought it up to the staff and I, I heard nothing but wonderful uh, wonderful positive uh, thoughts uh, for the process that I was going to go through for this journey that I was going to go through and um, she was amazing and the roles were reversed the following year Where she came to me and also uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Now, she was able to work through her journey, uh, which was amazing. She's an amazing person. Uh, And so that was good. But if you don't, if you are, I had um, discussions with uh, some who came to me and said, I don't want to talk about it with anyone. I just want to tell you what I went through, which is fine. I know that, and I respect that, and we should. Um, But I also told him, I'm glad you told me, and if you have concerns, please, I'm always open and available to hear your concerns. We don't want to make them feel like, okay, I've heard you. That's it. Walk away. I'm not going to deal with it. Once you told me, I'm dealing with it. And so I will come to you and ask. If you need anything, I'm here for you. And then I drop it because they don't want to keep pressing the issue. I won't press it. But it's important for you to acknowledge that. And my principal acknowledged it so well. She did a good job, and we were able to process this through our meeting.
1: So I... I I li- obviously, people need to make their own decisions, but what I really like about your story is the fact that you decided you were going to tell your principal, you were very clear up front, and that really led to you having a great support team around you. And so and, for those, yeah, go ahead.
2: And I, if I may add, the support team included the days of sick leave that were given me by my teachers- they came to my house and left food. They came to my house and gave me rides, if I needed a ride somewhere. This this was just such a support thing that I was overwhelmed with a crying whining attitude <laughs> to, to see such wonderful teachers who gave of their time because you know teachers are busy, gave them their time to come by and make dinners and and came by to say hello through my window because uh, it was they were afraid to come in and infect me. I was so compromised. That is what coworkers do for each other once you are open. Right.
1: And so, again, personal <coughs> choice, but that is a great resource um, for support, people that know what you do, how you do, um, and how they can, can help you. So COVID 19 has impacted people's careers, life. I have a feeling it's it's impacted relay for life. Can you but I know you guys are tough. So what have you done to um, to adjust?
3: Well, in a normal year, we would have an in person event and it would be that twenty four hour fundraiser. We would do a huge amount of fundraising on that day, and we weren't allowed to have an event this year. Um, which in the safety of everyone involved is the right thing that we needed to do. Um, So we adapted and we held an online program and people were able to join us on a Zoom type format or Facebook Live and do different activities throughout the day. And we've also adapted to fundraising through online silent auctions where people can um, win some amazing baskets that are donated and different companies get the chance to advertise their business, um, with their baskets and things like that. And we just concluded our um, most successful silent auction just yesterday. And we had just an amazing turnout and people got so excited just to be involved. So I think, um, the scary thing is that the American cancer society is facing a $200 million shortfall. Um, and the resources and everything that, um, is used through American Cancer Society is needed now more than ever. It's even harder to go through and have somebody going through treatment with COVID around and things like that. The process is different. Um, In many cases, we've heard a lot of stories of people that can't bring their caregiver with them um, to sit with them during treatments, and they have to go through treatments by themselves. And the thought of that person just sitting there, it just, it breaks my heart. And so everybody has really had to adapt And um, with our Relay for Life team out. Um, We're in the Delta, and that includes Brentwood, Pittsburgh, Antioch, and Oakley in California. And we've really just said, you know what, we're going to keep pushing through as best we can and keep on fundraising as best we can and really make awareness a priority because there's going to be people out there that need those resources because the economy is the way that it is, or they've lost their health care because of job instability and things like that. Um, So really, we're just, we're doing our very best to push forward and um, I'll be honest. We need volunteers now more than ever before, and we got to keep pushing.
1: And of course, we're all Californians. We'll admit it. Um, but Relay for Life is national, right? So yes. even though yes. we're talking about our local any any place in the U.S., exactly. you can become part of part of this program. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've all walked with people. You've all met with people. Share some stories of how. Both the support that they've gotten um, has helped them, you know, return to work or, you know, build a corporate team. The impact, I guess what I'm saying is share some stories about the impact of Relay for Life.
3: Yeah. So I um, got to talk to one of our survivors last year and um, we start our ceremony with the survivors doing a lap around the track and, I mean for many of our survivors that's a task that's a a long walk and um i had one of the survivors reached out to me ahead of the event and she said i don't know that i can make it all the way around the track i don't know that i can do it or it might take me four hours and i said i don't care how long it takes you i'll be waiting for you at the end of that track and we're going to celebrate together that you made it around and you did it and she came that day and she told me she's like i don't know if i'm going to do it i don't know if i'm going to do it and i said walk as far as you can and we have little carts if we need to come and get you or anything, like whatever we need to do, you walk as far as you can walk and and we're going to celebrate that. And she made it all the way around the track. And not long after that, she got to go on a family trip. Um, and this was last year before COVID. So um, she got to go on a family trip and she walked around Disneyland and she said, you know what? Going and doing that lap around the Relay for Life track gave me the confidence to say I can you know, I'm getting better. I'm I'm in recovery. I get to keep on fighting. And so that story really inspired me is she just said, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, you know what? We're going to celebrate whatever you can do. And that's that's a big win. So.
1: That is beautiful.
3: Alicia, how about you? I know you've,
1: you've done this for six, 16 years. About between 16 and 17. Okay. So I've you've probably got walking. some great stories. So pick, maybe pick one or two. Oh,
2: I have. Really? I have several but i do have one and i love this teacher very much she passed away from her cancer um and i did was not aware that she had cancer until we met on the track and and jane um i this is not her real name because i don't want to give her name away but jane uh, and i talked as we walked around she was still fighting cancer breast cancer and so um What's the strangest thing is she was my teacher next door in my classroom. I had no idea. And so we walked around and we discussed and we talked. It was before I was diagnosed. And so um, she was just amazing. She was a fighter. Uh, Unfortunately, um, after my diagnosis, uh, unfortunately, um, when I heard from her husband, uh, her cancer had come back and had spread. And so... um, It went into her brain, but she and I volunteered uh, uh, many times as survivors, uh, one of the baseball uh, walk-arounds as well, and we enjoyed it, and we talked, and we kept in touch that way, Uh, and uh, I was at her bedside uh, when hospice came in, and her husband had asked that i be there. And the amazing journey to the end was an emotional one for me, but she fought to the very end with dignity and grace. And that is the one that I remember the most, the most is that walk when we first met.
1: It's amazing how fast our conversation has gone. Any, any last advice to people who are dealing with cancer? Maybe today they got the diagnosis. What would you encourage them to do?
2: I'm sure we'll start with you. Yes, ma'am. My encouragement is to call if you have questions, anxiety, concerns, and you didn't weren't satisfied with because sometimes doctors are wonderful and they talk doctors speak and it's a little bit above what our understanding is. And so that number that Tina gave, that one-eight hundred ACS two three four five. Or go online to the American Cancer Society website and call and say look I was just diagnosed with stage 3 pancreatic cancer or stage uh, 3 metastatic breast cancer I don't know what they're talking about please call that talk to somebody that you know that's been through it don't be afraid to call and talk to somebody it is stating uh, diagnosis to hear And to fully understand the first time you hear, it's not really, um, it is not all there. So please call that number or talk to somebody. Uh, Don't face it alone.
1: So Alicia and Tina, our time is coming to an end. Uh, We could go on forever, but I want to thank you for sharing strategies for folks who are have been diagnosed with cancer and are dealing with career issues for people that surround them that want to be supportive and just people who really maybe you don't have someone in their work environment that has cancer, but want to help. And the idea of forming a corporate team, of opening that dialogue just sounds to me like a wonderful opportunity for any company, any size. For those of you that are joining us today and listening, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or another platform. Um, Let us know how we're doing. Send comments via that platform. Career Central is committed to bringing practical, career-advancing advice to you every week. Your feedback will help us achieve that goal. As I shared with you last week, you have taken Career Central to the top 10% of all podcasts. Thank you very much. So our November 16th show will be our listener appreciation show. The topic and guest for the show will be selected from listener requests. If you have a topic or a guest you would like us to feature on the show, send your suggestions to careercentralhost at gmail.com. That's careercentralhost at gmail.com. If you include your name and mailing address, we will send you a thank you gift. So again, send your ideas to careercentralhost at gmail.com as soon as possible. We will be accepting suggestions until October 30th. Next week, our guest will be Barb Gerson. She'll be talking about the hidden job market. All of those jobs that never wind up on a job board, she's going to tell you how to navigate, find, and apply for them. So until our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career and help someone else take care of theirs.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.